playing the ukulele badly because this podcast is self-produced weird stuff has happened in the past and here i am to tell you about it i guess yeah i will yeah absurd real history hello and welcome to absurd real history the podcast where i find weird stories from the past that i think are interesting and find equally interesting people to tell them to I'm your host, Saoirse Sinead, and I'm delighted to be joined by actor, writer, and comedian, Katie Norris. Hello, Katie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm going to start off with an absurd real history first, and we're going to start off with a, a Bible verse. Wow, okay. <laughs> now, I'm very indecisive, so I, w- I want you to decide which version you want, because there's a lot of versions of the Bible, so either the English standard version or the new century version. Oh, I think the new century one, but can you sing it? No. (laughs) You don't have to sing it like a choir boy. I might just read it out first because it's 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 something. I'm glad you chose the new century version because this one's very funny because it's very direct. So this is the new century version of the Bible and we're doing Genesis 38 verses 8 through 10. Great chapter. Love, love a bit of Genesis. First, first chapter where everything, everything starts. Then Judah said to Ur's brother Onan, go and have sexual relations with your dead brother's wife. It is your duty to provide children for your brother in this way. But Onan knew that the children would not belong to him. So when he was supposed to have sexual relations with Tamar, he did not complete the sex act. This made it impossible for Tamar to become pregnant and for Ur to have descendants. The Lord was displeased by this wicked thing Onan had done. So the Lord killed Onan also. Wow, because he was impotent. I feel like that's quite harsh. No, so actually in the other version, he would waste the semen on the, the ground. So it's the withdrawal method. It's the, the only mention of contraception anywhere in the Bible. <laughs> on the ground. That is wasteful. Spilled the semen, yes. So this episode was kind of interesting because, so we're talking about ancient, ancient contraceptive methods, <laughs> ancient birth control. <laughs> this is this is literally my subject I mean I love birth control we all do it's pretty pretty fantastic and I I love love not having babies yeah yeah I'm I'm all for that (laughs) and then I'm actually currently reading a book about the vagina called the anatomy of female arousal and it's talking about the ancient yin yang anyway carry on let's let's hear more this isn't really much to do with anything but it was very hilarious so I had to share it I came across this thing called the brick bible because I was like which version should I which version of the bible and it's basically this guy Brendan Powell Smith who went through the entire bible and did it with lego pictures so immediately I was like did he do this one did he do this one and I found it and it did not disappoint so I can have a look at that and you can describe what you (laughs) I just Wow. So this guy, he took the Bible, Bible and he recreated with Lego images. Yeah. Is it is it printed? You can get printed versions. And I will say the reviews for that are very, very funny. A lot of not happy American Christian mothers. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, I'm enthralled with the, um, the, the faces on the Lego toys. Mm. So that verse is the only hint or method of birth control or contraception anywhere in the entire bible which is why i think it's interesting that 
the church, particularly the Catholic church, has a history of being so against birth control because it isn't really mentioned in the Bible besides that. And it could be interpreted that, you know, it wasn't the spilling of the seed, so to speak, that was the sin, but more him not doing his duty of providing children for uh, his brother's wife. His brother's wife. Because it was in the culture at the time that when it's because she's a widow, so to kind of carry on the legacy and in spirit, but he didn't want to not get the inheritance, which isn't really an applicable thing to today's society. So I feel like that's kind of what it's about. We actually, I mean, yeah, we're quite modern now, aren't we? We can share, we can share siblings with our partners, and then also withdrawal is a very common practice um yeah we actually get the word ownerism <laughs> from this bible verse which is a, a fancy word for masturbation coitus interruptus are those names for withdrawal ownerism. ownerism is kind of like the the name of the sin in like judaism or christian religions it's like ownerism is another word for masturbation or withdrawal method or wasting seed wasting semen what else are you supposed to do with it? I mean, I've heard it's good skincare. Make babies. You're only meant to make babies oh, yeah. with it. Only so meant about that. to make babies. So that is a one of the oldest forms of contraception and was used throughout ancient times. And that's what we're talking about, ancient contraception. We're going, we're not really going ahead of like 100, 200 AD. So we're, we're, we're sticking very far back. Wow. Okay. So not even Victorians. This no. is really prehistoric. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. Okay. Let's do this. I might do another episode on Victorian stuff, but for now, I just thought it'd be interesting to really focus mainly on the Mesopotamians. So that's ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, and ancient Rome, and kind of West Asia, but mainly Greece, Egypt, and Rome. Yeah. I can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. There's some interesting stuff here. One that I think will make a lot of women very grateful that we live in a, a modern age in terms of birth control. And there were various family planning methods throughout these ancient eras. So much nonsense. I couldn't actually put them all in this because there was just so much, so much nonsense. So I'm trying to stick to the ones that possibly worked and ones that are kind of forlorn. So the oldest reference to what could be seen as a condom dates back to 3000 BC. <laughs> okay. King Minos of Crete. Have you heard of him? Um, yeah. I mean, actually, I think I just matched with him on Bumble. <laughs> He's nice. He's nice. Good lad. Yeah. From like ancient Greece, ancient Greek mythology. I think the Minotaur maze myth is related to him. That's his thing okay. as well. And and can I, what did they use? I mean, are you, I'm assuming you're about to tell me what did he use as a condom? Yeah, I mean, we'll go through it, but basically a goat bladder. Right, yeah. It was quite common is animal bladders and intestines. Because it's quite thin or and ribbed? I mean, I don't know the exact biology details of it, but one can use an imagination. Wow, that is quite fascinating. <laughs> King, yeah, King Minos was said to have snakes and scorpions in his semen as all the women he was having sex with just kept dying. So wow. wow. That was on his Bumble profile that said that. Yeah, so he he needed a way to protect them and mainly his wife. So there's a debate as to whether the uh goat bladder was shoved inside the female, forgive my quite mm-hmm. graphic language, mm. but blunt to the one or used to to wrap around the penis. So basically is it a, a female or a male condom? That's up to debate. But the women stopped getting sick when he did it. 
of course, this is ancient Greek mythology where history and legends are kind of blurred. Uh-huh. But, you know, this is mentioned in like, by like Homer and the Odyssey and Iliad and all that. But the fact that this was a myth back then suggests that around that time, you know, this was a practice that was being used. And yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been having sex forever. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sat here talking about it. Yeah. So... But then maybe the goat bladder thing didn't work so well. Yeah, and same in Egypt. Egyptians were using a lot of animal bladders and stuff. But by 1000 BC, they were using condoms made of linen in Egypt. Okay. They have hiero- hierographs, hieroglyphics. 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 Yes. Yeah. Now you got me started now. Uh, depicting, depicting condoms in made of linen. Uh, these were used to protect from diseases and also to distinguish social class by different colors. Oh my god, wow. So if you were really rich, you could have like a gold one. Yeah. I'm not sure the exact color structure or or level. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was used for birth control, but it was definitely used to prevent diseases, sexual diseases, which they were aware of back then, which I think is interesting. They didn't really put two and two that the, you know, condom also prevented pregnancies. That was not the woman's duty. Similar in ancient Rome, Linen, as well as animal intestines and bladders were used to make condoms to stop STDs. They were aware of diseases like syphilis, but they didn't, again, same with Egypt, they didn't link that it could be a contraception. Okay. And had, yes, similar attitudes to Egypt, where it was the woman's responsibility to prevent pregnancy. So, yeah. Nothing's changed. changed. (laughs) Nothing's changed, exactly. Nothing's changed. Ancient Japan opted for objects a little a little less pleasant like tortoise shells and animal horns that's actually <laughs> made my vagina go tense yeah it's pretty rank yeah it's pretty rank they had a word for it kabuta gata is what it was called lovely and it was all yeah could also be used for erectile dysfunction as an ancient strap-on tortoise shell so that's where it came from the strap-on it's a japanese horn <laughs> i always wondered i feel like there is always different versions of it that popping up throughout history in different different ways and different different times. Yeah, and I've seen it in horror films. Seen it on Pornhub. Never seen the horn with a horn though. What's that a film heart, where yeah. it's um, a knife? Is that like Saw? What film? The strap on with the knife. Seven. I, you know, you're you're in a branch of cinema that I yeah. I do not watch. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's Seven. I think it's the film Seven. That is terrifying. Uh, if someone can confirm. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Women in China and Japan, ancient China and Japan, sometimes used oiled bamboo tissue discs as like an ancient diaphragm. Hang on. What? The bamboo, the the, the wood, the tree? Into paper and tissue. So they ah. would get the bamboo and turn it into tissue to make these discs and oil it and shut it up there. Okay. China seems to have been the most developed, ancient China, in terms of condoms. They used lubricated silk paper. That's nice. When you compare that to the tortoise shell that was happening over in Japan. <laughs> Animal bladders and shells. And... I, um, I do see the practicality with the with the bladders because obviously, you know, how do the sauce, we eat sausages. It's the same yeah. kind of concept, isn't it? Mm. You wrap a sausage, a Richmond sausage. Um, and it's just that you could wrap a willy. That's where it comes from, I guess. But I guess yeah. you're not great for veganism. No, no, I don't really know if vegan was quite widespread. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um, but You'd probably just die. Yeah, and also these poor goats. Yeah. What about the goats? I feel like they were eating the goats anyway. You know, one thing about using animal products back in the day mm. is that I, I say it was a lot more resourceful. 
you know. Do you think they um, rewashed the bladder and used it again? Because obviously it would go off, wouldn't it? Or kept it in the fridge yeah. or... Well, they didn't have fridges. I definitely think they reused them a few times. But I mean, think about it. You're you're killing a goat. Not only are you getting a hide for a, a, a blanket or a nice pair of pants. And a horn, maybe. And a horn. You Yeah, you're getting a horn for various things. A drinking horn. You get a nice mm-hmm. new pint glass. And you can sell it to China. All, sell it to Japan. Yeah, sell it to Japan so they can make their kabuta gatas. You are also getting meat to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, you're also getting um, various different things for potions, mm-hmm. which was a big thing. And then you're getting your bladder, you're getting a condom as well. Like you're using every part of the animal. But what about if a man wanted to be in a relationship with a goat? It's an interesting conversation, isn't it? I mean, I feel like it was less frowned upon in ancient societies, but I didn't, I don't really know too much about ancient bestiality. No, Katie. that's um, the next do you? podcast. I don't, but um, I'm now thinking about it quite a lot. I'm kind of afraid to uh, to delve too much into that. I think that's in the Bible though, isn't it? There's some bestiality in the Bible, isn't there? I, there's everything in the Bible mm. if you look hard enough. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. <laughs> I've actually never read the Bible. Have you? I don't think a lot of people have from start to finish. Mm. Quite the the challenge. But I grew up in a very religious household. So I grew up going to Sunday schools and being quite aware, probably more aware with Bible stories than a lot of other Irish people because with Catholicism, mm-hmm. they just go and they don't know what they're doing, muddling, muttering things in Latin and then you wearing a pretty dress for your communion and then having no idea what the religion actually is. Yeah, see, I was brought up not religious. Like I didn't really, I went to church with school, but I mean, it wasn't Catholic. And so I'm always amazed when someone tells me about their like Catholic upbringing and stuff. It always sounds like, sometimes it sounds quite fun, especially the communion stuff and the dresses. And Well, I, I wasn't raised Catholic, which was very interesting going when I was in primary school. My school did this thing where you, they went around class into classroom showing off their communion dresses. And I'm just there like in my school uniform being like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, China using their fancy lubricated silk paper. Of course, they they also um, believed that, as well as a lot of other communities, that the woman's mindset or how they were behaving during sex influenced fertility. So was encouraged for women to be passive during sex to stop them becoming pregnant. (laughs) God, really? Yeah. Well, so hang on. So women were encouraged to be passive during sex to stop them getting pregnant. What could say the men wouldn't? come or no it's just it's just your behavior like as early as uh a thousand and a hundred eleven hundred bc that's the best way to say thousand one hundred eleven hundred bc there are texts advising women to remain passive during sex if they don't want to become pregnant wow okay if it's just not which is kind of frightening yeah and also the only way my mind can work that out is that the men won't come because no that no they would they would but if but uh the woman just has to act like Light, she's not into take it. it but, okay, great. This oh, wow. Very rapey. Very it's rapey. Very rapey, yes. Yeah, very ne- necrophiliac. Yeah. Um, ancient China would also have women drink a cocktail of mercury and lead and sometimes arsenic to prevent pregnancy. This was mainly for the sex workers and the concubines that the emperors uh-huh. had. Okay. So that's basically killing killing yourself. Yeah, mercury, mercury for those of you who don't know, is... is very poisonous it causes infertility organ failure and death 
So I guess that does work. And I guess that is kind of successful. You know, if the woman's mm-hmm. dead, she can't become pregnant. The mm-hmm. aim was to drink enough that you couldn't conceive, but not enough that you die. It's a fine line. <laughs> okay, so you're just hanging on, basically. Yeah, you just want to get that balance right of like a yeah becoming infertile, but also not dying. But you could also then give birth to like a bionic child that's made of mercury and kryptonite. Like a superhero, like a, yeah. like a Spider-Man. That's a nice idea. <laughs> good good idea for a film. I'll write that down. Uh, that's why I, I love doing this as well, because it's great to get ideas from things. I think people forget how bizarre people are sometimes, especially like ancient history. We have an, I, we have a, a way of just kind of painting it with a rose tinted glasses of, oh yes, mm-hmm. they were very proper back then, or they didn't really know stuff, but they actually knew a lot for their time. Mm-hmm. And there was the social structure. Like people had fun Mm -hmm. in the past. People had anxiety in the past. I think that's something that we forget about. Yeah. It's interesting as well that there's so much stuff about this ancient contraception that we're not even taught about in schools because we're not even taught in schools nowadays that we can masturbate. (laughs) Like how are we supposed to know about these things? We don't research them. With this as well is... There's not a lot of scholarly stuff on it. I know I had to be careful because mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of websites that really exaggerate a lot of these claims on issues that we'll get back to later. Mm-hmm. Like particularly with the Romans, there's a lot of like, did you know interesting facts about the Romans? The Romans were, you know, quite sexually open in some ways, but there's a lot of websites that kind of push these kind of false facts of they were having orgies all the time when in reality orgies in ancient Rome was probably just as common as orgies are now okay that's interesting it's just that they they started at first I guess yeah and it wasn't really a societal Mm. norm I think it's you know there's one or two things about it and people like latch on that oh the Romans were sex sex obsessed same thing with the vomitorium which I'm sure you heard in school Mm -hmm. which I also heard in school was like oh the Romans ate so much food they had a separate room to vomit in (laughs) also did you not hear that I don't think so that was the thing that I heard as like a fact. But you can also say that about Henry VIII and me in lockdown. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Exaggerating. They did have something called a vomitorium, but it wasn't used to vomit. What was it used for? I might be wrong on this, but it was kind of an entrance into a hall or something about like something to do with dining, but it was not a place to go to to throw up or gorge yourself. The Romans did not do that. Although history is more interesting than you think, you also got to be careful of these like pop science mm-hmm. sites i try when i do this to to not just go on a couple of false websites because that's how false information spreads so in the about section of this episode i have my sources i have it for all of them and if you look in this one there's probably a lot of sources that's because there was a lot of those kind of websites so i you know wanted to cross reference and everything so you know if something is only mentioned once in one website that i don't think is very credible i'm to omit that particular information from it so don't fully trust my sources, but because it's a collection of sources that I have got broken down and analyzed myself. That's just a little behind the scenes. And the Lego Bible is particularly um, trusting, isn't it? I mean, I love that. I think it's pretty, pretty great. Do, if you want to have a bit of a laugh, look at the Amazon reviews of the Lego Bible. Okay, I'm going to do that after this. <laughs> so yeah, ancient China drinking these dangerous cocktails which was, again, quite a widespread thing during this time. Ancient Greek women would sometimes drink a similar concoction of, like, leftover lead from workbenches. Wow. 
mostly very dangerous potions that would stop pregnancies and avoid them. That's really scary, isn't it? Just so they wouldn't get pregnant and have babies. They would drink lead. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds it sounds very scary, but like a lot of stuff like that is still very much prominence nowadays. Mm-hmm. Definitely in Ireland, we until quite recently we had very backward laws in regards to mm-hmm. the eighth and the relationship between like a fetus and and a woman. So there is a lot of horror stories around the repeal of the eighth when we voted to get rid of that amendment, so we would be able to change um, abortion laws in the country. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people coming forward with just horror stories of, you know, realizing they were pregnant and trying to stop them in dangerous, dangerous ways. Because that's the thing I think people don't realize is people are going to find ways to harm themselves. People get desperate um, because it's hard to to function. So support choice. Yes, support choice, guys. I mean, it's like, yeah, we're so lucky in this country. It, well, you know, to have what we have. Yeah, Just and that's that. that's a big thing as well was in the lead up to it that most, like a lot of Irish women mm. would go over to Liverpool is the main one to to get these operations. So you're going through something traumatic, have to save up money. You're doing it by yourself or in secret mm. or not in a safe home environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and scary having to save the money and everything as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So luckily that's, that's changing is in the process of change but there are still a lot of other countries with similar similar laws i know last i checked the philippines was is still the same that ireland was a few years ago and certain states in america are going backwards Mm -hmm. and a lot of irish people are like we were been there we know these strict laws don't work this is what they cause so even back then when there weren't methods people were drinking lead and mercury you hear similar stories nowadays it where you know, abortion isn't readily available of women drinking as much alcohol as possible and various certain substances. So mm. it's not old, I guess. No, it's not. It's scary that it's not old. Yeah. So it's like if you have the resources to stop people drinking something dangerous like mercury, why why not do that? Anyway, moving on a bit. Bit heavy, but yeah. it's important. <laughs> pro-choice, guys. Pro-choice. <laughs> pro-choice, pro-choice. Mm-hmm. So dated back to around... 1800, 1850 BC, there we have this thing called the Cahoon Gynecological or Cahoon Medical Papyrus, which is a segment of some of the oldest form of writing that we have from ancient Egypt. Okay, so we're going to Egypt now. What I kind of forget is that like ancient Egypt, ancient Rome and ancient Greece, was all happening at the same time. That is actually, that's quite mind-blowing. And they're very connected, particularly like later on, like a lot of Greek physicians would go on to work for Rome because uh, the Roman Empire took over a lot of older Greek colonies. And I know it's just it's just mad to me to think of like the relationship between the three of them, because they did there. There was an established uh, relationship or kind of that area of the Mediterranean. When we talk about contraceptive methods, there are ways that they're kind of similar they're quite similar Mm -hmm. in that area Mm -hmm. we have this ancient piece of medical egyptian text which is where we have a lot of information you know we talked about the the condoms a bit but what did the women do women use these things called pessaries oh okay what is this egyptian women yes pessary pessaries yeah pessary okay to prevent pregnancy which was basically a very weird concoction inserted 
inside the woman to block or kill sperm. What, a liquid that they would create? It was kind of like a like a tampon. Okay. So almost like, like a femidom. But yeah. I'd love to know what that was. In ancient Egypt, one of the most common ingredients for this was crocodile shit. Okay. Crocodile dung. Crocodile dung up your pussy. Pussy, your cunt, which I am trying to use more now. Oh, I love the word cunt. I love it. I did a fascinating episode on that with an Australian woman because you have to get an Australian person on if you're talking about cunt because they, they love the <laughs> word there. Uh, listen to that episode if you're more curious. Crocodile Very cunt blessed. up the cunt. Crocodile poo up the cunt. That's going to name my Edinburgh show. <laughs> Great. I love it. I'd see it. I'd be confused though, but I'd love it. I know. I, I haven't quite worked out the, the through the, the kinks, the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will there be a live crocodile on stage? I will play the crocodile, Go, I think. I think it'll be from the crocodile's point of view. Will you then have another performer playing the part of the cunt in, a, in an elaborate costume? Are you wanting, is that like a, do you want I'm to hinting, play that? I'm hinting. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> You're hired. Thank you. Yeah, so crocodile dung, usually mixed with honey and soda ash. Okay. I'm trying to imagine what that might taste like, actually. I wouldn't want to eat it. I wouldn't want to eat it. <laughs> Poo and honey. Poo and honey. And other rest stuff too, herbs. Uh, there are other recipes. There are also some sources that mention similar pessaries being used in India and the Middle East, but using elephant dung instead. There's a lot of that, I'm sure. Most researchers agreed that this probably didn't work. <laughs> However, the shit, uh, like elephant and crocodile dung and maybe other dungs too maybe other shit too i'm not sure but i know elephant and crocodile dung is basically alkaline some researchers think that this killed the sperm possibly making it slightly effective but then there's also the debate that it would have altered the vagina's ph making pregnancy more likely even so that's a wow i'm just trying to think about that because yeah it's important because when you have when you have thrush or cystitis sometimes it's quite a good idea to put garlic up there I can vouch for that. It works. But I just get thrush cream. Yeah, I <laughs> just like go to a pharmacy. I, <laughs> what? <laughs> they do creams for thrush. I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. But medicine. <laughs> I know. We don't need to shove crocodile shit anymore. There's diaphragms. Oh no, I've been using cat shit because obviously I don't have a crocodile, so that's a shame. As you can imagine, we can't really test this because no one really wants to volunteer for this <laughs> experiment. What do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, would you volunteer for a study? Be like, uh, looking for adult women to use, to shove crocodile shit as the only form of contraception to see if it works. Like, I wouldn't sign up for that study. It depends if I was looking to breed, because obviously it'd probably be a 99.9% chance that I would get pregnant with cow. Yeah, you'd want to be, you want to be sure that, you know, you'd be happy either way. And also, who would be willing to have sex with me with poo at my pussy that's, that's again, a very good point yeah. yeah um i mean maybe someone who really loves me maybe maybe they're out there i wouldn't have to shave for them no i mean you'd have to People shave are, anyway but yeah i was about to say you shouldn't have to shave don't shave for no. anyone shave you can shovel the poo up there you want don't shave he'll love you anyway another recipe that was found in the ebers uh paprius from what's the ebers paprius where's that that's just the name of like the text that they found. So researchers okay. find these old ancient text things and then translate them. Papriuses are in Egypt, the basically the text that they found, these old Egyptian writings, which is incredible that people have managed to translate them mm-hmm. or fragments I of them. I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. 
1550 BC is when that's found. There's a recipe in that for another pessary that doesn't use shit, but lint soaked in honey and the tips of acacia shrub. Lactic acid is made from this plant, which is an active ingredient in modern spermicides. So that's kind of interesting. They're kind of on the money a little. Maybe it was effective. Okay, so they're getting a bit better. It's like, a, it's almost like actually a lube, isn't it? And they're enjoying, the honey worked. The honey gets used again. Yeah. <laughs> to sweeten, sweeten it, up. it up. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because there are some things that like, oh, actually this was probably quite effective. And then there's other things that obviously made no sense whatsoever. So you can imagine back then, you know, it's all just trial and error, trying things out. So if you're doing loads of things, you're like, well, is it the elephant shit that's stopping me from getting pregnant? Or is it the honey? Who knows? Or is it the man? Is he impotent? All I know is you'd want to do everything. You know, if I was in ancient times, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, you wouldn't rely on one. You do, you know what? I'll just fucking do everything. Just fucking do everything. Mm -hmm. I bet there was one woman that, that had it. That, that knew then she was just like looking at everyone else like I, I, I this poo shit thing is working for me yeah no one wants to have sex with me with this poo up my pussy and it's a contraception I mean it's kind of like the poison mercury and lead drink you know you can't get pregnant if you're dead you can't get pregnant if no one wants to sleep with you because you have shit. Every- Stink of Thinking shit. of the infections as well. Ugh. I know, I know. But, <laughs> you know, when you go to the toilet, you're told to wipe away from the... Mm, you, uh, you can only imagine sticking a, a different different animal. But anyway, let's move on. We're moving on from, from shit. Oh, okay. What's next? There's this ancient plant called sylphium, which we're going to talk about for a bit. Sylphium. Sylphium, sylphium couple of different words for it basically in 631 bc greek colonists settled their first colony in north africa due to over overcrowding and spreading they were kind of spreading out a bit so they established a city called cyrene which is now in present day libya okay and there they discovered this herb uh sylphium which is sometimes referred to as laser word or just laser so sylphium is a type of huge fennel And it only grew in this one specific area and it became one of the city's major sources of income and trade and actually really boosted the economy. It was used for everything from like a cooking herb as like a delicacy to medication for everything, medical ointments, and also a form of birth control, both as a contraception and to induce miscarriage. Now, we're pretty sure this was probably effective. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how much, but they have done a series of tests with different kind of herbs related to it. And pretty, we're pretty sure that it actually worked. Now, this is, again, another thing on the internet that everyone talks about. It, it was mainly used as a form of birth control, but it was kind of just used for, for everything. So it was a herb. So did they use it pure or did they kind of take it with it as a tablet or paste? They did fucking everything with it. Okay. They used it as pessaries. The common way to use it as a form of birth control was to drink a portion of it once a month. Wow. Yeah. Really? Oh my God, that sounds better than my actual pill that I take now called Yasmin, which I have to take every day, which apparently is... Yeah, once a month is much. Yeah, I I drink fennel. (laughs) So with the fennel, it's meant to induce menstruation, so that would stop you ovulating, and also cause a miscarriage if you already have a... If you've already been... If a baby's already been conceived, but is very early stages... It's just more drink it once a month. It'll do one or the other. That sounds like um, uh, clary sage, which is an essential oil that you're not supposed to use if you're pregnant. 
uh, or they might use it on you in the hospital because it will induce your pregnancy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like yeah. that. I know, I think rose leaf is another one. Okay. Yeah, no, I like, I've re- I'm really into like all the home- homeopathy and stuff like that, essential oils. They are so good. I just remember when I was 16, I was at my boyfriend's house and looking through the teas. I loved fancy teas. I still love fancy teas. And there was like a, a rose leaf and fennel and something else, which is again, rose used to, um, if you are like heavily pregnant to help induce mm-hmm. labor, but you shouldn't drink if you're pregnant because it's like could be dangerous. And I remember like my uh, my boyfriend's mom saying that to me like oh you shouldn't you know drink that if you're like pregnant and then just kind of giving me this really weird look and there's just this very odd like it's like yeah no I'm not pregnant I can drink well, imagine if you put the tea down and you were like oh yeah thanks thanks for warning me let me tell you no thankfully no teen pregnancies which is something that you know I'm proud of and we should all be <laughs> proud of I guess well there's that poo dung Yes, yes. It's probably because I was inserting shit into my vagina from (laughs) as young as 13. You've got to stop doing that (laughs) now. Anyway, they went crazy for this herb because there was some properties to it. It did obviously work as a disinfectant in some way. Just they used it for everything. And they loved it so much that it appeared on almost all of their currency in Cyrene in this Greek town. Wow. So you can see coins of this herb. Um, one of these coins is uh, a woman touching the, the, the plant with her arm and another hand either resting on her lap or a lot of people say pointing to her genitals. We're not really sure. Okay. So just being like, this is what it does. Quite blunt. But I looked at the coin. It looks like it could just be resting there. There's a lot of stuff that is up to debate. We do know that they used the whole plant for everything. No bit wasted. That's good. Like the goats. Like the goats, exactly. Uh, they had another coin as well, which was a sylphium seed. And here's something interesting about the sylphium seed, which I quite enjoy, is it looks and is shaped exactly like a heart. Not a human heart, but you know, the standard heart that we have today. Yeah. I'm doing little gestures with my fingers. Like the, the I think it's called the Valentine heart. Just the, 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 emoji, the emoji heart. The emoji heart. This is the first time that this symbol is used in throughout history. So there is a very plausible theory that that's where that symbol came from because it was, you know, the seed was related to romance as a form of birth control. Um, again, we can't really prove this. It's probably just a coincidence, but a compelling theory nonetheless, as there was an unmistakable connection between the plant and the romance. But I just enjoy that there is a possibility that all those hearts that little kids draw on Valentine's Day cards stems from birth control. I like that too. And you know, we 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 grow seeds within us. That's what it's, mm. yes, little heart-shaped seeds. And, yeah. and it's quite curvaceous, the heart, isn't it? Like a pair of boobies. Mm. As said, I'm pretty sure that's not accurate. No. But it's still a fun theory and we can't disprove it. <laughs> So for around 700 years, it became a much sought after plant across the Mediterranean. So they were using this in Greece, Rome, and Egypt, primarily Greece and Rome. As I said, it was all existing at the same time. The plant first appears in historical records from Egypt, actually, in 7th century BC. So that's when we first hear of it. So there are a few classic sources that advise drinking it once a month to prevent pregnancies, and yeah, it was also an ingredient for the pessaries in Egypt that we mentioned before with 
to put with the crocodile though. So now you're having shit and herbs. Okay, well this is good. They're actually communicating with each other. Someone's telling them what works. And then now we have to take all of these things combined in a little blue packet every day. Yes, 100%. 100 And as I said, we're very, very lucky because it's very, very modern. Mm -hmm. So they love this plant so much that they harvest it to the point of extinction by like you know first second century ad it was gone oh because i guess it doesn't if it's a seed you're not going to grow it you're going to run out of seeds aren't you they tried to grow it like the rome like they were actually quite good farmers back then and there was a lot of botanists that were trying to farm silphium but they just couldn't and they couldn't work out why they couldn't farm it so the only way to get it was to harvest it in the wild and they tried to bring in laws to basically limit how much you could harvest to like make sure it kept growing but obviously it was such a sought after source that you know there's black markets started springing up you know people wanted to make money they're gonna be they're gonna find a way to sneak in and harvest it there's a couple of theories that the the plant isn't actually extinct we have just lost what plant it is that it is a plant but it has been like the name has been changed somehow or there's another theory that it's a hybrid of like two different types Mm -hmm. which makes sense as to why they weren't able to farm it the thing with cyrene where it grew because it only grew on a specific patch of land in cyrene was that it was quite high in the mountains so there was an area that got a lot more rainfall than other areas of north africa and if it was quite high up then obviously it was a colder climate as well yeah so they found it they loved it they couldn't farm it they were annoyed it's lost lost in time towards the end of its lifespan when it was starting to get over harvested silphium seeds and plants became so valuable it was worth more than silver and used as like an under like an underbelly form of court currency as well so people could just enjoy sex basically and not get pregnant that was worth yeah. more than gold yeah and then again this is a thing that is on a lot of these like pop history sites of oh the romans loved having sex so much they over harvested this plant to death which is half true i mean they did use it for birth control and it most likely was very effective we have no idea how effective though because either the plant is gone or we don't know what it is and we're all here so they can't we're all here (laughs) they i mean the roman population did fall like they have monitored that they're you know they'd like to keep small families and they have done tests on similar fennel plants on rats that proved some effectiveness but we don't know exactly how related this plant is to these ones we just don't know which is a shame we d- like they could have found the most effective birth control ever and we'll never know uh, some other methods of birth control from ancient Greece and Rome while we're at it, just kind of round things off. This coming mainly from Soronus, who is an ancient Greek gynecologist, which, yes, Ooh. I, that's, that's a... The first one? Maybe. We don't know if it's the first one, but we do know a very well-respected res- one. We actually don't know a lot about his life, his, but a his lot life. of his text, his life. We have a lot of his texts, though. There was a whole book all about, like, women and pregnancy and, you know, contraception in there as well. So, yeah, he, he, he suggested, and again, he was Greek. He grew up in Greece, but he would go on to work as a physician in Rome. So it's not in Rome, but for the Roman Empire. And it, it's all kind of overlapping around this time. So he moved. 
upping the world. Or maybe Rome's took over a city. Who knows? One or the other. I probably should. Or he impregnated every woman there and he had to leave. Maybe, he was maybe. Dumb. Well, he had a lot of, he had a lot of birth control. In his text, he did include about Silphium, about drinking it once a month. There are a few references to that. But he also suggested using a pomegranate peel as a diaphragm. And that after inserting it, women should always follow with a drink of honey water. I mean, that sounds quite nice. Mm-hmm. He also advised women to to sneeze after sex, to expel the semen from their bodies. Oh, I can vouch for this. It does work. Does it? <laughs> good old sneeze. Yeah, good old sneeze. Really does help. Um, another method, if you can't sneeze, because I don't know how you can make yourself sneeze. You know, it's one thing if you sneeze naturally, but it'd be hard to... I've been sneezing all week, actually, because I've got a really bad cold, because I left the house after five months and got attacked by germs so you, you don't need to take your pill anymore you're grand you're just... well i mean i'm actually choosing celibacy at the moment the only reason interestingly the only reason i take my contraceptive pill is for my skin at the moment because mm. it balances my hormones and stops me getting spotty um yeah i've been i go on and off it mainly for period pains i get very intense period pains and it's magic when i whenever i'm on it i'm just so happy whenever i get my period because i'm like i'm in no pain at all this is possible yeah no i think it can be there are definitely pros and cons Mm. like anything it's all about experimentation um (laughs) exactly like elephant poo goat thingies or yasmin Mm. if you don't want to sneeze though another method of birth control um, according to Saronis, our ancient Greek gynecologist, was to jump backwards seven times. So it comes out, jump backwards seven times. Don't know. Yeah. You're like, is that a backflip? Because you do a backflip? I don't know. I'm trying to imagine how I would jump backwards seven times. Mm. Yeah, for it to be effective. Wow, well, okay, well, that's good. You know, good for your muscles, pelvic floor muscles, yeah. which I don't do, which I'm a bit worried about. That's fine. <laughs> Like, you'll be fine yeah i'm sure i'll be fine i feel like it's more um more necessary if you have given birth yeah which i'm not aware of i don't I haven't i don't think mm-hmm. I, would remember. I think otherwise you're they're they're pretty sturdy dirty muscles another option if you're wondering how to stop pregnancy now i should meant i i mean i'm guessing you probably already guessed these but most of these don't work i do feel like though if i was in ancient time I've done everything. I've done literally everything. To, to I was like, I'm going to sneeze, jump backwards seven times, blah, 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 blah. I would just try it all at once. Yeah. I do it all at the same time, every single time. Like, you wouldn't want to risk that. So another option was to smear a weird olive oil concoction down there, which comes from a method passed down by Aristotle. He also suggested this. He was a big advocate for olive oil and cedar oil um, on vulvas and vaginas. His theory being it slowed down sperm. That's actually (laughs) hilarious because that is, I would, as a preventative, right? That, that is bollocks. Sorry. Aristotle was wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is is wrong. Uh, I just love that. Like you can picture the thought process behind it though. The nothing is slowing down with olive oil. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) Anything it's speeding up. Yeah. Olive oil is just speed for sperm. That sperm is fried into a child very quickly uh, we also have texts from discordes a greek physician and botanist he suggested wearing cat testicles or asparagus when having sex to prevent contraception there was a lot of like testicle stuff that i didn't really go into that i found about like wearing various different types of animal testicles uh, i've already chopped my cat's testicles off so i can't do that i gave them away you just gave them away? Well, to just let the vet have them? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, she's got a little trophy cabinet probably with little cat's testes. 
Um, but I do have lots of stray cats, which I'm actually looking at now in my garden. They come in and out and they've got huge balls. Another common practice, which is still used today, that they use a lot in Rome and Greece and Egypt, was just continuing nursing infants, which makes conception less likely, which still a thing. What? So um, breastfeeding? Yeah. Yeah. It stops pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still possible, but it just makes it a lot less likely. Like if you're breastfeeding, uh, you a lot of women don't get their periods either. Do you know what? I actually didn't know that. I feel like I feel like you're more for I thought you were more fertile, you know, because you've just had a baby and you can get pregnant quite quickly, I thought afterwards, but maybe I'm obviously I'm wrong. I mean, you can if you stop breastfeeding quite young and it doesn't make it impossible. It just definitely it just lowers the chances a lot, especially if you're breastfeeding all the time or you're breastfeeding until they're like 10 years old. So that's what they would do. They would keep breastfeeding for the sole purpose of reducing pregnancy chances because they want to family plan keep it small yeah there's a there's a there are a problem in some countries of the the husbands taking the breast milk and not giving it to the children there's a whole charity trying to prevent it the charity is trying to prevent so so there's a massive problem i need to probably google exactly where it is but um somewhere where there's um maybe there's a a village somewhere where the, the men are taking the women's breast milk for themselves because they believe it helps their fertility. And then the children, the babies aren't getting the breast milk and then they're getting really sick. Yeah, there's also a few weird like bodybuilders in America that have been drinking breast milk. I saw that in one weird Vice documentary <laughs> one time. You can always rely on Vice, can't you? Yeah. I just... remember seeing like a, a donkey sex, like whole vice documentary for about 15 minutes and I was mm. like oh that's 15 minutes of my life I won't get back but now I know a lot about donkey sex yeah I am pro breast milk but let the baby have first dibs and you can yeah. donate breast milk as well for like a lot of women do that if they have excess for like babies who like newborns who need it and all that stuff mm-hmm. so there you go it's I, I commend all all women out there who have breastfed or work hard to do it yeah f- fair play if you got it sell it <laughs> Yeah, the female body is really a a great a great commodity. We yeah, we have so much to offer. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, that's all I have on ancient contraceptions. Which one was your favorite? Like, which one? If you had to use one of them, um, I would probably use poo. Really, and honey. But I'm I, I'm at the moment I'm, I'm on a very personal journey with my vagina because I've been single since last year, so I'm not dating I'm not having sex actively and not seeking it COVID also makes that very hard (laughs) exactly although you say that when when we came out of lockdown last time I saw three couples having sex in parks and streets oh Jesus um yeah and they were not using any well as far as I was aware any ancient (laughs) yeah no (laughs) PPE exactly that's a good um yeah wearing a mask whatever um so I don't know I mean I'm on the pill so I don't need to stick poo up there but um I'm not really looking for relationships and maybe that would be a good preventative as well just to have poo up there don't come near me any two meter distance I'll just drink drink some drink some herb well thank you thank you so much Katie for coming on I hope you you learned something or you found this interesting I did I did I learned and I, and I was like well she's subject she's gonna pick like oh and then you did you picked the one that I would have wanted <laughs> yeah I try I try and think pick fun fun things so yeah that's everything Katie do you have anything you want to plug to our to our listeners your social mm. media where can people find you 
Um, well, you can find me on Instagram, Katie Norris26. Um, and I'm also in a comedy double act called Norris and Parker. And we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, and yeah, follow me, whatever. And uh, keep listening to Absurd Real History. Oh, thank you. Plugging my own podcast on the podcast that you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as always, have been Saoirse Shanae. Um, You can find me at absurdrealhistory at gmail.com uh, or all my Instagram and Twitter handle is in the description. Also, if you'd like to follow my theatre company, Scream for Ireland, which is what this podcast is produced by, please give that a like on the various social networks. I very much appreciate it. So yeah, that's everything. Ancient contraceptives, ancient birth controls. It's mad, mad. There you go. Um, also, I do not recommend doing any of these things. Please, please, please don't. Sneezing, though, I'd recommend. Sneezing, sneeze. And on top of something else as well. Maybe be sneezing and on the low pill and you're the